Hey, this is Evan Serpik, and you're listening to The Truth in This Art. Welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Uh, thanks for listening, checking out this podcast, and making us the best in Baltimore. Today, I am in conversation with the owner and executive chef of The Corner Pantry, a relaxed contemporary restaurant serving locally sourced modern British cuisine. Please welcome Chef Neil Howell. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how you doing, man? Good morning. Good morning. Um, you know, happy to have you here. And I want to start off with the the very base level question. Um, what are the vital stats? Like, tell us about um, like your start, like the st- your story and um, your first job in the kitchen. Oh, wow. So my um, my first job in the kitchen, I was uh, 14 and um, I started washing dishes at a restaurant in this little town I'm from in England called Colchester. It's called, it was called Sloppy Joe's. Um, and it was like an American, like Tex-Mex kind of place. Um, really busy. Uh, definitely, um, you know, you know, it was, it was a crazy kitchen. I mean, I was getting burned and things were getting thrown at me. But it was like not, a, not an aggressive kitchen, but it was just like a, these older chefs would see it as a fun thing to like kind of um, – you know, make us men, uh, as they would call it. Um, yeah. So, uh, the place wasn't not the best food, but you know, we made our own, our own pizza dough, and um, you know, so I learned a lot of stuff there. I definitely learned how to be fast, you know, because you have to be quick. It's a small kitchen, and uh, but it, it it was fun. Definitely got some fond memories of that place. But it was uh, it was it was a funny place. Thank you, thank you. Um, so let let's talk about um, how like ultimately how you, you came from across the pond to, to ultimately in Baltimore and um, and where we're at now with the, the, the corner pantry. So like, give, give me some of those details. Yeah. So um, in 2004, I believe I moved to America. I had a friend of mine that um, I worked with in London and he got a job in, in New York city uh, for a company called Soho house, which is a, is a British company. It's um, they own a bunch of high end, um, restaurant and members club, uh, hotels and restaurant um, member clubs around um, around the world. You know, there's, they're all over the place. There's New York and there's uh, Istanbul and there's London. But the company started in London. It's it's, it's a cool place. And um, one day out of the blue, he called me. He said, "Hey, you got, I got a job. You want you want to come over?" And uh, you know, I definitely jumped to the chance. I packed my bag, gave my notice, and then a couple of months later, I was in New York and um, yeah, lived there for eight years and. Uh, my wife, you know, uh, Emily, who we own the business with, she works at a hotel as well. And she's a graphic designer by trade, but 9-11 had just happened. And she was struggling to get a job. So she had a job as the reservations manager in this hotel. And, um, yeah, we, you know, fell in love and the rest is history. Ended up in Baltimore, um, 2011. Yeah. We moved here. Um, and yeah, so I was a chef at a restaurant down in um, down in Fells Point for a couple of years, and you know, just the life of a restaurant. And I don't know. I think as you get older, you just think to yourself, okay, what's the next step for me here? Am I going to continue working with somebody else? Can I potentially open my own place? How does that look? Do I have the finances to do that? Um, and I think that's kind of like the big question that always you, you kind of ask yourself in this industry after a number of years, like. You know, what do I do next? Because, uh, you know, even though I am still at the age of 44 working the line, um, you know, I'm doing it for myself and not for somebody else, you know. So, uh, it's, it's, uh, 
it's been very successful. You know, we're um, been open be nine years. This this uh, this uh, February will be nine years. Oh yeah. Um, and it's just yeah, just I don't know. It's, it's our business plan was so small. It was me, a pastry chef, and a dishwasher, and then my wife and a barista. And we ended up with like twenty employees and. We expanded during COVID, and now we're going to expand again. Actually, next year into the space, um, the, the clothing store, which they're going to move down, and we're going to take that space as well. So uh, it's turned into a bit of a beast, and um, it's it's a good thing, but it's a little bit overwhelming at times. I can imagine. Yeah, uh, like 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 I said when I when I first got to meet you, like in person, like I've seen you, I've I've been texting you, what have you, but being able to pop over and say, "Hey, this is the guy," <laughs> just so when you you see me, and it's like, um, like like I was touching on earlier, it's it's kind of like one of those things. It's definitely a a calling for the the quality of food, for the the creativity there, the the freshness of the the ingredients there, and the atmosphere. It's like a really great place, and it's it's funny. Like my dad and brother don't live too far from there. They're like in Towson, and they had yeah. no idea it was there. So. I met them over there a couple of weeks ago and I was like, yeah, come on over. My dad, his, his thing is, you know, Marine or what have you. So his thing is like, yeah, it's pretty good. That's, that's, that's him rousing, rousing. Like, this is amazing. That's, that's just his energy. And he's like, yeah. So when are we going back to that corner place? That's literally what he calls it. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So many people don't know about us. I mean, it's, it's kind of, kind of crazy, but yeah, I appreciate all the compliments. Thank you. Absolutely. So, and, you know, and, and we're and, and thank you for taking the time because I know the the life of a chef and an owner is very busy. So I appreciate it, and it brings me to this next question: What's the what's the typical day look like? Um, and, and what is your favorite time during that day? I hear some people are exhilarated by that rush. Some people are like, "Come on, too much." So so tell me about that. So a typical day. I mean, right. <laughs> it's funny you ask that question because right now we have, our pastry team is a four person team department. Um, Lisa, our amazing pastry chef, and then there's three other people. But so I've had one person leave in the last few weeks, uh, one person on vacation, and the two people left both have COVID right now. So we've gone from four to zero. So I am now Team Pastry, um, which you know, like I I, uh, I hired Lisa, so I, I don't have to worry about that. She's way better than me. Um, so I'm trying my best to hold that together right now. Um, but in general, like a day will start at five in the morning, so I get up around four. Um, usually here at five, um, uh, you know, Andrew, my pay, uh, like breakfast chef is in here, comes in the same time and come in and, you know, executing any sort of prep that needs to get done and just get in touch with base with the front of house and just making sure that um, their dining room's clean, um, the kitchen, everyone in the kitchen is kind of working uh, on with their lists they need to get done and any questions for the day. Um, from there, I can't usually go into the walk-in and just make sure we have everything we need. Um, we change we change a few dishes, you know, throughout the week. Uh, we have a lot of staples, but you know, if we've got you know a bunch of tomatoes in there or whatever we need to use up, then um, we kind of try and utilize that. So I'm kind of driving the menu um, as well as getting involved with all the prep and everything else that needs to get done, and basically putting out any fires yeah. that might, you know. So. Um, but the good, it's a good question about, you know, kind of took it in, do I get stressed out by like the daily, daily grind? I mean, it's funny being in the pastry because it's more like just heavily prep and there's no real service around there. 
I mm-hmm. found the last few days extremely boring, to be honest, because there's no like, there's no, there's nothing to like stimulate, you know, you're just like literally just, you know, scooping, cooking, baking, putting out the front, you know, so that's kind of, um, it can be a little bit mundane, but yeah. um, I think kitchen work in general is mundane. I mean, you have to just do the same things over and over again um, and every kind of tweak it, see if it needs to be fixed. Um but in general, that's how you get consistency, right? It's just by like doing the same thing over and over again. Um, and I'm I'm very lucky here. Like we have a great team. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been here for a long time. You know, um, you know, two, three, four, five years. People don't don't leave, and I think that's you know a testament to their hard work. And then the customers that come in and leave them nice tips to working for me and Emily. Who, you know, we have our faults, but we try our best to treat our staff with respect because I mean at the end of the day look I can be here as much as I want if I don't have the team around me to to get to get the food out and to have the diner on set and to make the customers happy then uh, we don't have a business you know yeah and 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 I think what you were describing there is like a really almost natural segue to this this next question that I have so I read that cooking was more of a vocation for you early on uh, more than a passion uh, so could you share when that transition kind of happened where you had that shift you know like no nah, this is something I'm passionate about and I want to go deeper and almost in that sort of obsessive way because you know this sometimes when I'm doing this like I've done work for other people and it feels like work when I'm like doing a conversation like this like you probably have not seen me close my mouth because I've been laughing or grinning the entire time because I love talking with chefs. So, right. you know, this is a passion for me. This sort of conversation is a passion for me. So what did, when did that shift happen from being more of a vocation to more of a passion? Well, I'm going to be totally honest. You know, like um, I was a disaster at school. Um, terrible. Uh, you know, had a lot of issues, learning issues and stuff like that. Um, and I, you know, like I said, I started working in the kitchen at 14. So I... I liked it. I loved the camaraderie. I loved the hustle and bustle of the kitchen, and I felt kind of at home there. Yeah. Um, nobody's asked me about like what's you know ten times four or whatever, or any, any questions or any science questions or any you know anything that I on a daily basis struggle with. You know, I loved PE, which you know physical education. I loved playing football at lunchtime and playing on the cricket team, that kind of stuff at, at school. But everything else, I kind of really didn't like it. Um, so I didn't really have too many choices when I left school after failing all my exams. Uh, so, you know, I'd worked, been working in a kitchen and, um, you know, culinary school was an option. And I, I thought to myself, well, you know what? I kind of like, like cooking and maybe I can do something with this. Um, never really honestly thought about where it would take me. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, luckily enough it's panned out for me and, uh, I, I'm not too bad at it. And, but I find it extremely difficult. I'm not a chef that will sit here and tell you like, oh, you know, I f- this is an extremely difficult job. Like every kitchen I've ever worked and I find it very hard. I have to really concentrate 200% um, because, you know, the margin of error is so small in a kitchen, especially if you're really committed to, you know, cooking everything in-house and yeah. you like local ingredients and really trying to do something um, a little bit different. Um, any chef around here, you know, the ones I respect, I'm sure they will say the same thing. It's a, it's a difficult job and you have to commit to it. It's like anything in life. I tell my kids this all the time. Like if you don't commit, it's not really going to work out. You've got to give a hundred percent. 
my son like plays soccer right now and he just thinks like he can just show up like you know and because he thinks he's pretty good at soccer he's good but you know he, th- he thinks he can just show up and and that'd be good enough and it's like no like if you want to make the team you gotta put the effort in be a team player maybe show up early maybe leave a little later you know and, and they put sort of things that I've never ever said I'm the best chef in town. Never, I would never say that. There's people way more skilled than me, uh, you know, in in Baltimore. But I'm a hard worker. I will show up early. I will stay late. I'll work all day if I have to, 24 hours. Doesn't matter. Whatever it needs to get done to get the food out. But in saying that, it does get a little a little stressful at times. It's like you're like, oh my god, like I need to. I want to do other stuff outside of work because. Uh, I'm a big believer also in like, you've got to have out stuff outside of work. You know, you can't just keep, it's not good for your mental health. If you just constantly at work and I'm somebody my, myself that needs, I need to sit down and think about dishes and food. It doesn't just come to me naturally. So I, I need, um, some space and time. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I don't even know if I answered the question. Going on no, no, you, you, no, you did, you did. And, um, and, and really that's what it is. I mean, it's, it's, uh, authentic conversations. And I think, you know, sometimes uh, I, I would do a podcast and, Sometimes it would be almost ranty, almost in like the stream of consciousness sort of way. And I was like, there's no answer here, is it? That was just me talking. <laughs> but I think being able to get in into what's the not only what's being produced, but what's the thinking behind being produced. I think that's a lot of what comes out of here. Like if someone is doing a, making a painting, if someone is doing a sculpture or something, someone is in the kitchen coming up with like, you know, all types of wild different things that are coming out of the kitchen. You want to know what the thinking is that's under it, because that, I think that's where the, the, the true learning and the true like insight comes from. Um, so, and I, and I got a, I got a few more real questions before he shows rapid fire questions. Uh, so tell me about perception. And, and I think you were touching on it a bit there where, so with perception, does going into the kitchen with a certain feeling, whatever that feeling might be, how does it like reflect like how you work within the kitchen during that day? How does it affect the end results of uh, getting the food out or, or prepping the food or what have you? So, you know, I think a lot of people have perception as a perception through like cooking shows and TV shows and the food network and everything else that a kitchen is this um, place you can just like walk in, you know, you can get your cutting board and get your knife out and, you know, everyone's chatting and like it's, and that's uh, maybe that's just like a, a, a you know, a, a grumpy chef's point of view. But um, kitchen work is very, you know, as I said, if you want to, I kind of said to my staff the other day, and like I, I, I don't want to sound big headed, but I was like, you know, there was a few things going on that I wasn't too happy with, and I'm like, look, at the end of the day, this is the corner pantry. We, we're not just um, I don't want us just to be some other place. I didn't start a business just to be other cafe here. I really want to try and make a point, a mark, show people that you know there are some dishes in England that you can come here and and and, um, and enjoy. Um, stuff that I grew up with, like our sausage rolls, our scones, and that kind of stuff that I really enjoy. Um, but also, we call it modern British because, you know, in England, you can then get great Indian food, you can get great Asian food, you can get a lot of different other stuff. And I also want to utilize what we have around here. I mean, there's so many great farms around here. It's, it's insane. There's so many great, you can get great beef. You know, there's so many great farms around here that people can use. Um, and when I go to other restaurants, I see that they're not really utilizing that stuff. It kind of, it's a little frustrating for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so perception is uh, for me, I mean, look, you just got to come in, work hard. Um, 
and, and give your best. And like, I'm not really fast if someone doesn't know what they're doing. That doesn't bother me. But um, if they come in and they're not 100% committed to to the task at hand or mine and my wife's vision, uh, then that can be a little frustrating. Um, but, you know, I think to some people have the perception of this place that I do everything, you know, like I'm, you don't? Actually, I'm in the back of the making. So maybe the days people could have that perception, but, um, you know, like Lisa, our patient is a great example of like somebody came in. Um, she never, she worked a little bit in restaurants, but she had no real cooking, uh, any baking experience. And she's come in and she's just flourished. But because yeah. me and my wife, like really, you know, pushed her forward a little bit here and there. Um, she's taken our recipes and then she, now she's like doing most of a lot of stuff that are her own. Um, so, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a very rewarding industry, a very rewarding job. Yeah. Um, on the flip side of that, it's also like totally <laughs> savage at times. And you're like, <laughs> you know, what am I doing? Like, you know, but, uh, it, it's, as you said earlier, the first, one of the first questions that, that for me, the rush, like that service aspect of it is what I love. I love that. If we didn't have it, I don't know where I, I wouldn't be able to do it. You yeah. know, I love, um, and we're also a catering company as well. So uh, that's a totally new, different beast for me. I've never really done catering. So, and we're, we're, we're busy for catering. You know, we're doing, you know, we have a wedding for 300 next month. We've done 500 person sit downs and we do sandwich parties at 12 and then 20 people, parties people's houses for 20. So wow. we do we're full service caterer. So we do everything, yeah. um, and we do it with this small little team that we have here. And so many people ask me all the time, like, "How, how do you guys do it? Is that the kitchen? That's it back there?" And I just you, you gotta, you gotta, I don't know, you gotta push yourself, but without um, the food being disrupted by that. You know, if the product you're putting out is not up to par and you can't do it, then you gotta you gotta pull back. And sometimes that could be. That's kind of, I honestly, is one of my, my pitfalls. Like sometimes I want to do too much. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like my, I think honestly, it's like a little bit of ego, a little bit of insecurities. I want everyone to come in here and be able to experience all these different things. And then I'll put myself in the hole by trying to get it all done. So, uh, but I'm working on it. It'll, it'll, it'll figure itself out. Yeah. It, it, it's a thing that, um, and I'm trying not to get, get caught in it myself, um, from my perspective and in doing these podcasts and like for context, you're the first of eight that I have today and I have a day job as well. So it's, it's like oh, wow. a wild thing. And, you know, knowing when I'm at capacity, knowing when like, all right, you've kind of asked that question. That's you asked a painter. So when you're making eggs, that has nothing <laughs> like those things don't go together. You're not really, really in it. So being able to take that that break. But I think one of the key things, one of the key gems, I think that you touched on is being able to bring in people that you're working with to kind of get the vision because not everyone has vision. Not everyone has, you know, that foresight to kind of see ahead. And it's like, oh, this is what we're doing. This makes sense. And trusting in that. And, you know, for the most part, this is a, a one-man show with uh, the exception of my producer who's English. So, you know, he's right. going to have a, he's going to enjoy this, by the way. Uh, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I know what works. Just, just follow it. Just, just follow what I'm doing. And, when it let's say if it doesn't work then i'm going to be the person that finds a way to fix it you know and trying to having that vision in directing me being that north star if you will and i think being able to work with people who get it and kind of understand it so if i bring in a freelancer who's a graphics person or a freelancer who's working on a website it's like here's the conversation this is what i'm aiming for this is what i would like to see based on your skills i want you to solve the how 
I'm I'm responsible for the why. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, you you can have all the vision you need. You want you you can have all the vision in the world, but like you need other people around you to execute it. And not everybody needs to be, you know, like the the visionary. Not everybody needs to be the rock star, but um, you know, you you need like you need the generals and you need you know some of the soldiers. And uh, like I said, we we have a, we have a good team here. You know, we're yeah. um. I have a sous chef who's starting on Monday. Thank goodness. You know, we've been at a almost three years, you know. So we're so busy now that we're at a place where it's kind of uh, diminishing the business by me being on the line every day. And um, it's also diminishing the business a little bit by my wife constantly in front of the computer, answering emails. Um, mm-hmm. So we need, like, we've to push the business forward. We really do need to fill those roles so we can, you know, run our business. I mean, because I think most people own a business at the end of the day, they really own a job, you know, Um, (laughs) there's some people around here that have figured it out, you know, that figured out how to run a restaurant and not be there every day. And I look at them and I'm like, God, please give me, (laughs) because I need that. Um, And not because I want to be sitting around twiddling my thumbs, but, you know, when you're like constantly your head down working, you know, you're not eyes up looking at what's going on around you. Yeah. Um, who's doing this next to you? Why is this doesn't taste as good as it did yesterday? Because they missed this. Or let me taste the avocado mix you just made. But sometimes I'm just like so busy. Um, that I, I really do. Like it's bad. I like miss those things. Um, yeah. And then, then a customer gets it and then they're not as satisfied as they were yesterday. And then I take it to heart. And, you know, but these are little things that, will happen every day. I mean, no one's perfect. It's going to make mistakes, but um, yeah. as long as we can catch them and, and fix it, I mean, that that's kind of what it's all about. Yeah. So this is, this is the last real question I have for you. And uh, um, there was a um, opportunity that's very near and dear to me. Um, so I think one of our mutual acquaintances, uh, Chef Amendola from Forged, um, one of his, uh, and he asked, he answered the same question. I had the opportunity to, um, and it's on film somewhere, I'll find it, to, uh, uh, work with him and he made his um, very famous mushroom stew. And that is like my favorite thing on the menu there. And I was able to make it with him. So I'm just like, okay, this is great. And we're going through the process. He's like, what does this need? What does that need? I was like, this is amazing. You know, let's balance this out. You know, here's the salt, here's the acid, all of that good stuff. So I think he said that's like the signature dish that represents him as a as a chef. What would your signature dish be that represents you as a chef? Oh, wow. So that's a, that's a big question. Um... Yeah, I mean, on the menu right now, I mean, we change things so like so much that um, I don't know. Yeah, that 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 mushroom stew that Chris makes is amazing, um, and he's someone that's just so committed to sourcing locally and doing. You know, I like I like Chris the person. I definitely like his food. He's amazing. Um, oh, I, I don't know. That's a hard question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I've. You know, I I've been asked that before. I don't really have a, I would say, a signature dish, you know. I think we've had some great curries on the menu. I really enjoyed doing that um, just because I just love the Indian influence. Um, on the breakfast menu right now, we have our, our cured salmon, which is amazing. Uh, we make all that in-house. But I, don't partic- I wouldn't say I particularly have um, one dish that stands out. I'm sure if somebody came in here, they're going to tell you, oh, the smoked turkey sandwich or the coronation. Um but, you know, I, I'm one of those people that I just like, I love doing, if I'm going to make a sandwich, I'm going to put 100% love into it. If I'm making yeah. a green, I'm going to put the same love into it. Um, so, I don't know, it'd be hard for me to tell you one, 
you know, all I, know, all I can tell you is whatever we're doing here, we, we try our best to make it with love and with passion. And, and, and uh, I think that people get that when they eat here. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's very fair. And uh, thank you for sharing that. So in the, in the last few moments here, I want to hit you with some rapid fire questions. Don't overthink them. Don't overthink them. I always have to preface it. Don't overthink them. Uh, all right. Um, so what is a word or phrase that you use way too much that you just overuse? Wow. Mate. <laughs> Say mate. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's plenty of swear words, but I'll leave them off the podcast. <laughs> That's funny. Um, do you? Well, you already touched on this, uh, so I'm going to skip it. Um, what is the key to the perfect scrambled egg? And that that is something that I really enjoy from your place. I always remark upon. It's like, yeah, these are like the best scrambled eggs I've actually had. And I'm a person that's proposed to food before. I've proposed to lobster bisque in Nashville once. So, you know, the, the eggs are there. The eggs might be my my side. So so what, what is the uh, key to a perfect scrambled egg? Perfect scrambled egg. First of all, you've got to use the right pot. you got to use an, a, a, a really good pot, a heavy base one. Um, you got to use a spatula. You need to cook it not too high, kind of cook it nice and slow. And you got to add butter. I mean, you got to have a little bit of butter in there. We add eggs to ours, but you know, slow. Do not cook it too hard. Do not have the heat up. Um, so that is that is the, and then seize it properly. I personally don't like any black pepper in there. We just use salt. Um, but yeah, that, I think that that's it. Yeah. Okay. Simplicity, simplicity, but done well. Uh, could you recommend any book that you that has had an influence on your career? Oh man, a ton. Yeah, I think um, for me, I always will. The reason one of one of our inspirations for this place is, is a, um, a chef called Yotam Mutalingi. He has a bunch of places in London. He's an Israeli guy, um, and I remember me and my wife the first time we kind of went to London together. We went to one of his uh, bakeries. He has a ton all over London. Um, and his books, Otolingi has lots of different cookbooks. Um, that one, uh, he, they're great. He has, you know, all different varieties of cookbooks. So they're great. The recipes really, you know, sometimes you get a, a cookbook and you try a recipe and it doesn't work. Yeah. So like a bunch of chefs are just basically just giving you some bullshit recipe. Yeah. Um, all of his recipes work. And I actually took my staff, he did a, a talk in, um, in DC not too long ago. We actually, I took me and the staff here and we went to that to, 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 to sit down and listen to his thought process around food. So he's a big inspiration. Um, and then, you know, I have a bunch of, I have a really, a bunch of James Oliver recipe books. So I like him as well. And I've worked with him a couple of times, um, just through working in New York and for Soho House. Um, that's a big one. And yeah, so they're, they're the, they're the two ones I would say. Yeah. Okay. Here's here's the last question. This is the 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 kind of end of the the interview sort of question. Um, so obviously, Indian food is the thing. You're you're a fan of Indian food, and you like to even work it into you know influences within your menu. So let's say you're not working during the, on a day, and you're going to order some some takeout. You're going to order some Indian food. What are your go tos? What are you ordering? Oh my god, I'm going to get um, <laughs> yeah, tikka masala because I just love that. Got to get the garlic naan. Got to get garlic naan. Um, and the peshwari naan, you got to get that. I really like that. And you have to get, if they have it, um, is uh, onion bhajis. A lot of Indian restaurants here don't really do it. It's like yeah. an onion fritter, which in every place in London, they, in England, they have it. And then Bombay potatoes, which is potatoes just cooked in a bunch of different spices. That's really, really good. 
That's that sounds amazing. That's very close to what my go to is or what have you. If I'm ordering from like Namaste or the Kumari restaurant or what have you, those are like pretty much the staples for me. Yeah. yeah. So and if I can go back to the cookbook thing, I'm gonna make one more. Yeah, please. Fergus, Fergus Henderson, he's one other great book. Um he's another very inspirational English chef. So I actually got the privilege to work with him in New York for two weeks. And uh, he signed my cookbook and he actually even helped me get my green card. Um, he did a better for me. So uh, he, he's another guy that is inspiring. And a kind of reason why we started to do our, all our own butchery in-house as well. Well, well, thank you. Um, this is this has been enlightening. This has been a, a, a good start to my day for the, you know, I got a sandwich. I'm over here talking to you. This this is yeah. great. Um, so with that being said, um, I want to thank you for being on this podcast. And two, um, I want to invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to come visit and get some food and website, all that good information. The floor is is yours. Uh, great, yes. So we're obviously we're located on uh, Lake Avenue at the bottom of Falls Road, right at the front there, Suite 101. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, The Corner Pantry. You can follow me on Instagram, Chef New How. Um, and then our website is thecorner.pantry. Um, and yeah, you know, we're open Monday to Saturday. We do brunch on Saturday. We have donuts. We have a great, lots of great stuff. So come in and enjoy yourself. And if you're looking for any catering, you can hit us up for that too. So there you have it, folks. I want to again thank uh, Chef Neil Howell from the Corner Pantry. I am Rob Lee saying that there is food in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. <laughs>